Hello and welcome to Today in Sports Betting for Monday, July 25th. I'm your host, Doug Reed. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. That's R-E-I-D 34. This is Sports Ethos presentation. And if you haven't checked this out already, go to our website at sportsethos.com. Lots of free daily information, lists all of our podcasts, some articles there, and you can see some of our subscription. Very reasonably priced packages, whether you're into wagering. I'm part of the Wager Pass group for $15 a month. You can get all our handicappers information, access to our Discord, which I think is probably the best value. You get the plays posted in there, lots of discussion back and forth with uh, some of our members, some of our handicappers, and just a fun way and an easy way to get the information you're looking for. You can also find our Fantasy Pass uh, for fantasy fans, uh, DFS if you're into daily fantasy sports. We've got all kinds of information on there, so check out sportsethos.com. And if you've been listening to my show, you know that we are exploding at Sports Ethos. And we've added a baseball podcast, a daily baseball podcast that's run by Joe Orico. He's on Twitter at Joe O-R-I-C-O-9-9. He runs our MLB Today podcast, which goes over um, daily lineups, DFS plays, uh, mainly fantasy, but I think there's obviously some angles for wagering there as well. And our fantasy football team is really getting up and going uh, in a big way, led by JP Sticko. Uh, Twitter, he's at J-P-S-T-I-C-C-O. He's running our Fantasy Football Today podcast, and I think within a week or two, start of August basically, uh, he's going to be going daily on that too. He's went over some um, win totals, so there's definitely some wagering information there. He's went over some win totals and obviously fantasy players that he likes heading into the season. So lots going on here at Ethos, and definitely check out our site at sportsethos.com. Now, 12 games on the MLB docket tonight, but before we get there, over the weekend I was looking at some uh, lines and rest of season kind of future plays. And there are a few that I jumped on last night. Uh, in the AL Central, I've got the White Sox at plus 160. Uh, they're sitting a few games back of Minnesota right now and Cleveland's right there, all vying for first place, all vying for the wild card. Um, but I just think even with Tony La Russa as their manager, if they can get Giolito turned around a little, Lance Lincoln get back to form, I still think he is um, with a late start to the season, nowhere near his form that he can get to. I don't think he's fallen off a cliff. I still think they have the best team. They get Grandal back. They get him and as healthy. I think they can make a run. And I think they're the better team of those three. So at plus 160, uh, I jumped on that. Moving to the National League in the AL East, I grabbed Atlanta at plus 120. They're making a huge push on the on the uh, Mets. Now, I know the Mets are getting DeGrom back and Scherzer's back and has been lights out. But the Braves' depth and their pitching staff – uh, and their order is as good as anybody. Right now, I believe in baseball. So getting a plus 120 to win the NL East uh, made some, some sense to me. And the third one is a little longer odds. Uh, in the NL Central, I got the cards at plus 220. And I put a unit on that. I just think the way they're playing, I don't have a lot of faith in Milwaukee's bats. And Goldsmith is playing like an MVP candidate. Does he keep these numbers up? Probably not, but I think he's going to have a good rest of the way. Arenado's playing well. Uh, St. Louis has good pitching, fantastic uh, back end of their bullpen, I think. Um, but I don't know that Milwaukee has the bats to continue. Sure, they have the pitching to go against St. Louis or probably against anybody, uh, but their bats have just been so inconsistent. And, you know, Aaron Ashby, uh, a young guy, he's on the hill tonight. I'm not sure he's going to be uh, a great – he's going to have, I think, a good career. They just signed him to, I think, a four-year deal. So he's going to do well, I believe. 
Uh, but not sure who's going to add a whole lot of value this year. Freddie Peralta's maybe coming back, maybe not. Looks like that's going to be well into August. So I just think the cards are playing well. They're rallying. Get them at plus 220. Um, you know, if any of these numbers move a lot, it might be able, might, might sell off uh, these closer to the uh, August or into September. But for now, uh, I think they're valued on all these three teams. So in the AL Central, I got the White Sox at plus 160. And at least I got Atlanta plus 120. In the NL Central, I got the Cardinals, the Red Hot Cardinals of St. Louis at plus 220, all to win their divisions. So uh, 14 games on the slate. Going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll break them all down. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we start in Cincinnati, 640 in the east. We have uh, Miami in town, just pulling up the lines here. Uh, Marlins start struggling lefty Trevor Rogers. You can get them plus 115 on the money line. And the Reds start their young prospect, Nick Lodolo, also lefty. You can get them at minus 135. And total here is nine. You can get the Reds at home on the run line at plus 150. I'm not on this game. I was looking... I might look to the Reds' first five team total over two and a half. Uh, Rogers has been giving up some runs. He's been struggling. A lot of people are calling him uh, to finally get back to form in the second half. I'm not sure that happens. Uh, the Reds have been hitting well lately. They're at home. Always a good chance they could put up some runs. But look at Rogers' recent outings against Philly: six innings, four earned runs. Against Pitt, uh, five and a third innings, three runs, two earned. Against the Angels, four and two thirds, three runs, three earned. Uh, against Washington, get out before that, five innings, one earned. Against the Mets before that, four and a third, three earned runs. Against the Mets at New York before that, five innings, four runs, three earned runs. Against the Phillies before that, three and two-thirds, four earned runs. So some decent off- offenses and some weak offenses in Pitt and L.A., but he's managed to give up over two and a half runs in the, in the first five innings of most of his outings recently. So going to look to the Reds. I got that in, uh, at DraftKings at even plus 100. So that's probably the only play I would have on this game. I'm not really sure. Uh, I like either side here. The Marlins have really been struggling to hit and um, can't really back them. And the Reds, you never know, uh, especially in Cincinnati. Lodol's a good young pitcher. Comes in 20, just 26 in the third innings, 5.81 ERA, 1.71 whips. So not good numbers. 12 walks, 38 strikeouts. So don't necessarily want to back him yet. I think he's got a good career ahead of him, but not yet. 
Rogers on the flip side, 84 innings, 5.46 ERA, 1.55 whip, 39 walks, way too many walks, 78 strikeouts. So he's struggling, and I can see that continuing. But he's going to stay away. Might be on the Reds' first five. Next game in Philly has the Braves in town to start a series. And you can get Atlanta behind their lefty Max Freed at minus 180 on the money line. And the Phillies behind their lefty Ranger Suarez at plus 160. Total here is eight. You can get the Braves at minus 110 on the run line. Just run about through the pitch numbers. Freed's having a great season, 119 in the third innings, 2.64 ERA, 1.06 whip, just 22 walks, 109 strikeouts. Suarez... Uh, has bounced back. Uh, he started really cold, and then he had a few good outings, then he fell off, and he's, he seems to be back. Uh, 84 innings, 4.07 ERA, 33 walks, 68 strikeouts, 1.42 whips. So pitching to probably a little too much contact, and that's not a good recipe against the Braves. Uh, I was looking, and I may jump on this, at Suarez for Philly, over 4.5 Ks, and I, got, I see that about plus 104. Uh, the reason is the Braves do strike out a lot, and the question is, how far can Suarez go? So if you look at his recent game line, game logs, uh, he struck out against Miami, five innings, four strikeouts. Against these Atlanta Braves, six and two-thirds, seven strikeouts. Against San Diego, uh, seven and a third, three strikeouts. Against Washington, five and two-thirds, five strikeouts. Uh, against Arizona, four and a third, only had two strikeouts. But the two games after that, against Milwaukee, seven innings, five strikeouts. Against San Fran, four and a third, seven strikeouts. And he's going into the only pitch 64 uh, pitches last game, but 110 against Atlanta the game before that, 94 and 94 before that. So they're letting him go into the 90s. Call it 100 if he gets there. And the question is the Red Hot Braves, can they get to him? And they tend to hit lefties fairly well. So I'm little, not really sure I want to jump on that, but a plus, I, I saw a number of these lines around minus 110, and then I saw in DraftKings it was plus 104. So Suarez over four and a half strikeouts. Uh, he's got. He's got there in half his uh, last six or seven games, but just a five and three of them, seven and one. And then he's gone under a few times. So going to look at that. Not sure I'm going to be on it. Next game of the night, 7.05 in the East. We have Tampa in town to face the Orioles in an AL East battle. You can get Corey Kluber on the bump for the Rays at minus 125 on the road. You got Austin Both at home for the O's at plus 105. Total here is eight and a half. And you can get the road Rays at minus 130 on the money line. Stay away from me. Uh, Kluber's had a decent season, and I'm not really sure what to expect from Voth, young, young pitchers. He pitches better at home, um, but not really against, not, not enough of sample size to really get behind him, this former Nats prospect. Just 18 and two-thirds innings, so, you know, an over 10 ERA, over two whip. Not good, but not small sample size, kind of hard to tell. Kluber's had a good year, 94 innings, 3.73 ERA, 1.12 whip, just 15 walks, 82 strikeouts. The question is, um, I like Kluber over Voth, straight up pitching. The question is the Rays' bats have just been struggling and can't make hide their hair of what to expect out of them. And the O's bats, obviously, we know have been doing well, as I've said in the show before, not as well as I think everybody's talking about. I think they had a bit of a soft schedule through June when they got back to 500 and everyone's on the O's train. I think they're going to slow down and fall off a little. But their bats have been doing well, and at home they've been doing well. Uh, so I lean to the Orioles' bats. I lean to Tampa's pitching. Not really sure which way I'm going to go. If anything, I might look to the under eight and a half. Uh, again, I don't really support Voth all that much, but he's been pitching all right at home. And Tampa's bats are really going to put a lot of runs on the board. It's probably not. So under eight and a half or a minus 110, I would certainly consider. Next game is in Boston, where we get the struggling Red Sox with Nick Pavetta on the hill. You can get the home Sox 
at minus 110 and going against the Guardians and Zach Plesak, also minus 110. Total here is nine and a half, so obviously not a pitcher's duel expected. You can get the home Red Sox at plus 165 on the run line. Plesak comes in 94 innings, 4.02 ERA. 1.27 width, 23 walks, 68 strikeouts. Having a decent year, not great, but a decent year. His two and seven record doesn't really show, I think, what he's done. Uh, he's pitched pretty solid, just hasn't got the run support when he's out there. But Veta, on the other hand, I think his numbers are better than, or they definitely are better than what he's had, what he's shown recently. 108 innings, 4.5 ERA, uh, 1.26 whips. Not great numbers, but when you look at what he's done lately, you realize why they're not. Uh, 39 walks, 104 strikeouts. And when we look at his recent games, now he's had some. He's pitched against some good competition, um, but against the Yankees, four and a third, seven earned runs against the Yankees again at home, three and a third, uh, six earned runs against Tampa, five and two thirds, seven earned runs. Now before that, he had a few good starts against Toronto, Cleveland, St. Louis, and in uh, Oakland, uh, all two earned runs or less, and he went six innings or more in each of those back in June. But since July uh, started, he has not pitched well. 0-2, and with one no decision, but really been hit. Now, granted, it was against the Yankees and Tampa, which isn't a big uh, hitting lineup, but he's come back down to earth in those numbers. Plesak, on the other hand, has kind of been hot and cold. Last game, he gave up uh, against Detroit, three and two-thirds, five earned runs. Against the Royals, for that, five innings, four earned runs. Prior to that, in his four previous starts, didn't give up more than two earned runs, and he pitched exactly six innings in all four of those starts. So not really a supporter of Plesak, and I wasn't on Pavetta earlier this year. I'm just not really sure what way he's going now. So one thing I was looking at is Cleveland first five team total over two and a half. You know, as I said, please has been giving up runs lately and the, the Indians hit righties really well. So overall, um, the, the guardians, pardon me, the guardians average is 252, 17th in majors, but against righties are 263, which is second best. Their on base percentage is 315 tied for 15th in the majors against righties. It's 323, sixth best. Their slugging is 3-8, tied for 17th in the majors, but against righties, it's ninth. So I think uh, they hit righties better. Um, Boston tends to be a hitter's park. And the way Pavetta struggled lately, I could see the Indians put it, or the Guardians putting up a few runs. Just not really sure uh, I'm going to be on that. But I, it's around plus 120, the number I saw. So a nice juicy price um, of the first five in Guardians total over two and a half. Next game is in Detroit, uh, where the Padres are in town. And we get Sean Manea, the lefty for the Pods, versus righty journeyman Drew Hutchison for the Tigers. You can get the Padres, you can get the Padres at minus 160 on the money line. You get the home Tigers plus 140. Total here is eight and a half. And you can get the Padres at plus 105 on the run line. If anything, I would look to that run line. Manea hasn't been pitching fantastic lately, but Hutchison... Uh, has been very average, probably won't go more than three or four innings. And the total eight and a half, it's juiced to the over, minus 115. So I maybe look to the under because I just don't think the Tigers are going to get a lot of offense going. Kind of get, Game's kind of a stay away in general. Manaya come, comes in 102, 100.2 in, innings, 4.11 ERA, 1.23 whip, 38 strikeout, 38 walks and 100 strikeouts, basically striking out uh, a batter inning. Hutchinson, 40 and a third innings, 4.46 area, 1.39 whip, 19 walks, and 25 strikeouts. So pitching the contact but walking too many guys. The fact is, uh, what I'm on here is actually the San Diego series price. So I got the Padres at minus 190, and I might put half a unit on that. The way it lines up, I see for San Diego in the three games going with uh, Manaya, 
Clevenger, and then you Darvish on Wednesday. For Detroit, I got Hutchison to be determined tomorrow and Scooble, who I'm not a fan of uh, right now on Wednesday as well. So uh, I think all three games, even with the two to be determined, I'm going to take Clevenger wherever they're facing. Uh, minus 160 in the money line is a huge favorite tonight. So I'm looking for their series price minus one, 190. I like the fact, I, I like the ability for the Padres to come in and win two or three against the uh, Tigers with their weak pitching, but also their hitting is really struggling. So not going to be on the game directly. Might look to the under at minus eight, eight and a half, minus 105, uh, but going to be on the series for the Padres. Minus 190 is a steep price, but I think they can get there. Next game is in Chicago, and we have the Pirates in town to play the Cubbies. Pirates behind JT Brubaker coming in at plus 125 in the money line, and the Cubbies behind Adrian Sampson coming at minus 145. Total here is eight, and you can get the Cubbies at plus 140 on the run line. JT Brubaker, 94 innings this year, 4.02 ERA, 1.41 whip, 40 walks, 97 strikeouts. So walking too many guys, hence the 1.41 whip, but striking out over a batter an inning. For the Cubbies, Sampson comes in just 32 and a third innings, 3.34 ERA, 1.21 whip, eight walks, 23 strikeouts. He's been pitching decent, and hence the fact they're minus 145. The uh, Pirates are really struggling at the plate. I'm not really on this. I might look to the Brubaker K prop. I see it over five and a half. Earlier it was about minus 110, minus 108. Now I can see it about plus 100. Um, the Cubbies don't tend to strike out a ton. I think they're kind of middle of the pack. Uh, in baseball and strikeouts. But when I look at Brubaker's uh, recent logs, I think he should be able to get there. The question just is how long does he go? So in his last um, few games, you know, against Miami, seven innings, nine strikeouts. Now, not a good lineup, and they strike out a lot. Uh, against the Brewers, five innings, six strikeouts. At Milwaukee, at home against the Brewers, six innings, six strikeouts. At Tampa, six innings, six strikeouts. Against these same Cubbies, six innings, five hits, no runs, three walks, five strikeouts back in June 20th. Uh, against St. Louis, five and a third, five strikeouts. Against Atlanta, seven innings, seven strikeouts. So we're looking at a prop uh, over five and a half, and he has hit that in five of his last seven games. The other two, he only got to five. Now, they're letting him go. He's gone over 100 pitches in those seven games. He's gone into the ni- in 99 in two of those games. He's gone well into the 90s in every game. And he looks to be going around probably an average of about six innings. So strike out any kind of guy. If he can get six innings, he could probably get to the five and a half Ks. And at even money, plus 100, what I'm seeing, probably going to be on that prop uh, for Brubaker. Next game is in Milwaukee, where we have the Rockies in town for a series. Rockies start their lefty Kyle Friedland. And Milwaukee, as I said earlier in the show, starts their lefty Aaron Ashby. For the Rockies, you can get them plus 170 in the minus line. The home brewers minus 200, and on the run line, you can get them at plus 105. Total here is eight and a half, juiced to the under at minus 115. Uh, my, I like the brewers here. Uh, just at minus 200, there's no way I can back them. Freeland has really struggled this year. 101 and two-thirds innings, 4.96 ERA, 1.41 whip, 32 walks, 69 strikeouts. Ashby, on the other hand, pitched great out of the bullpen. Had a couple rough starts and then a couple good starts and then a couple pretty average, I think, since then. So 69 innings, 4.57 area, 1.49 width, 32 walks, 83 strikeouts. So he is getting some strikeouts, and we know the stories of – now, he's a lefty. Colorado hits lefties well, but Colorado is brutal on the road. So can't back the Brewers at minus 200, maybe on the run line at plus 105, um, but their bats aren't exactly booming. 
And as I said, why I'm on St. Louis in the NL Central is because I just don't trust the Brewers' bats right now. So probably stay away from here. Next game, 8-10 in the East. We have Houston. No, sorry. The LA Angels are the LA Angels are in KC. Sorry about that. Just pulling up my screen here. And for the Angels, you get Noah Syndergaard there, righty on the hill at minus 105. And then you get the Home Royals as the favorites behind their righty, Zach Grinke, at minus 115. Total here is eight. You can get the Home Royals plus 175. This game's a stay away from the sides for me. Uh, the Angels have just been atrocious. Uh, Trout is out, um, out for a few days still. Uh, I think I put, I think I put them on the IR, but retroactive. So he's out for the first few games of this series. Uh, and Grinky's been pitching better lately. Their lines for Syndergaard, 74 and a third, 4.00 ERA, 1.2 whip, 20 walks, 58 strikeouts. So decent numbers. Probably not the strikeouts we're used to, but the four, four, even four ERA and 1.2 whip were decent. Grinky, 77 and two thirds, 4.64 ERA, 1.33 whip, 15 walks and just 42 strikeouts. And in Kansas City, Probably going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, if anything, I would maybe look to the under of eight. It's juiced down to minus one fifteen. What I think I am going to be on though, and if you follow the Angels and you follow Syndergaard, he has a big leg kick and gives up a ton of stolen bases, and he always has. And it's odd because everybody knows it, and I think he kind of just says, "So what? I'm not going to change that much. Uh, not going to adjust." There's been some talk they've been working with him a little this year, but I haven't seen it in the games I've seen. So it might be on Whit Merrifield. Stolen base, if he gets over 0.5, so if he gets one stolen base, plus 275. So Merrifield's leading off for the Royals. Um, after his comment about if he got traded to a contender, he might go out and get vaccinated. The Royals bumped him down to lower in their lineup, I think, for the first couple games back. He came back at an injured toe, made that ridiculous comment, and then showed up and he was batting in the lower part of the order. Now, the lineup I see tonight, he's leading off. So he has been running more lately in the last month or so. He's picked that up. So I think if he gets on base, he's looking to steal. And uh, all he needs to do is get on once, and I can almost guarantee he's going to be looking to steal against Syndergaard. So I'm looking at Merrifield basically to get one stolen base, so over 0.5 steals at plus 275. Next game, we've got four games left, and the next game is in Oakland, where the AL West leading Astros are in town. You can get Jake Odorizzi and the Astros at minus 235, and you can get Adam Aller and the home A's at Plus 195. Total here is eight. And you can get the Strohs at minus 130 on the run line. Now, uh, too much too much juice here to lay for me. I'm not going to take the Astros at my, minus 235, especially with Jake Odorizzi. I think they win. I think they probably win easy, but that's just too much to lay. So instead, I'm looking at the series price. And this is minus 245. So definitely only probably getting about a half unit on this. But Houston lines up with Odorizzi, Luis Garcia, and Kristen Javier on the hill. And Oakland lines up with Aller. Frankie Montas and Cole Irvin. So the only one there that scares me is Montas going against Garcia, who's been doing well tomorrow. Uh, I like the Astros' bats. I like their pitching. I like their starters. I like their relievers. Everything lines up. They're hitting well. Oakland's not. Um, if, can they win two out of three? Absolutely think they can. Sure, 245 is a awfully big price to lay. Um, but happy to take that because I think the Strohs win this series. So I'm going to be on that. Can stay away from the game. Um, just not enough value in any of those numbers, though. Giants are in Arizona to start a series with the D-backs. And we get Jake Junis coming back to the hill for the Giants, minus 135. You can get the, the road uh, Giants in the money line, and you get the home Diamondbacks by Tyler Gilbert, their lefty, at plus 115. Total here is nine, juice to the over at minus 115, and you can get the Giants plus 125 on the run line. 
He just comes in just 50 innings, but he's been out for a while. 3.06 ERA, 1.02 whip, 10 walks, 42 strikeouts. Gilbert, on the other hand, 30 in the third innings, 5.34 ERA, 1.25 whip, 9 walks, 18 strikeouts. Now, Junis hasn't pitched since, uh, I think it was early June, just pulling up his numbers. And he was pitching well. The question is, he's coming back. How, how far are they going to let him go? So he hasn't pitched in over a month since June 10th. Um, hasn't pitched against the D-backs this year. And Gilbert pitched against San Francisco once uh, about two weeks ago. Um at home, three and two-thirds, four hits, one earned run, a walk, and two strikeouts. So I like the Giants here. I don't want to weigh 135. Uh, I just don't trust their bats. Um, maybe a first five I might look at. But I like the Giants, and I don't want to lay the uh, – 125 in a run line is a nice number, but I don't want to lay basically two runs or having them score two runs. So you can stay away from that. Second last game of the night is in Seattle, where the Texas Rangers are in town to start – in NL West series. For the Rangers, they have their righty Glenn Otto on the hill. You can get them a plus 130 in the money line in the home M's uh, with Chris Flexen, their righty on the hill, minus 150. Total here juiced to the under of 8.5, juiced to minus 115. You get the M's at plus 135. So coming in off their uh, series against Houston, which finally broke their 14-game winning streak, I do like the O's and uh, – sorry, not the O's. I like the Mariners here. Just not really sure I can get to a number. Uh, Flexen's been pitching decent. He comes in 99 two-thirds, 3.79 ERA, 1.39 whip, 35 walks, 70 strikeouts. Otto has been very hot and cold, more cold lately. 61 and two-thirds, 5.4 ERA, 1.46 whip, 34 walks, and 47 strikeouts. So walking too many guys and not striking out a ton. Uh, I would lean the M's. I just don't like this 150. And even the run line, uh, they're bat- you know, Julio Rodriguez, I believe, is still out with an injured hand. Um, and some of the bats on Texas, uh, Seager and Semyon have really woken up. So they can put some runs up quickly. So I don't want to be laying the run line at a minus 150. If this was more minus 130, minus 135, I'd be on the M's, uh, but not at this price. And then the last game of the night is in L.A. The Dodgers are hosting the Washington Nationals. The Nationals throw Paolo Espino, they're righty to the hill, and they are plus 240 on the money line. The home Dodgers throw, who's quickly become their ace, Tony Gonsolin. And his 11-0-0 record to the hill. They are minus 300. Total here is 8.5. Choose to the under at minus 120. And you can get the Dodgers run line at minus 145. Can't be touching that. Um, Not really sure there's much here. I was looking, considering maybe a Gonson strikeout prop. He hasn't pitched that great lately. And the Nats don't tend to strike out a lot. Oddly enough, as poor as they are, um, they're a pretty decent team as far as limiting strikeouts. Gonson comes in 93 and two-thirds innings, 2.02 ERA, 0.84 whip, 24 walks, 86 strikeouts. Espino, 58 innings, 3.57 ERA, 1.22 whip, 12 walks, and 46 strikeouts. This game's the Dodgers. Uh, I even looked at the series price, but it was ridiculously high. So I don't really know what I can get here. Maybe an under 8.5. I think Gonson can limit them. And the Dodgers, problem is Dodgers put up five or six runs. Uh, All it takes is a couple uh, maybe three by the Nats, or if the Dodgers really explode, then they, they hit that over. But I would look to the under of the eight and a half. I think Gonsolin can limit them if he goes six, six plus innings, gets to their bullpen, uh, which has been decent, not great, but decent. And against the Nats, it shouldn't be um, too hard to shut them down. So i uh, got some props, got some sides, got some totals. Hopefully there's something that uh, you found appealing and you can get to. Uh, on tonight's board, but quickly before we go, I want to remind you of our buddies at Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and use the coupon code HOOPBALL20. That's HOOPBALL20. 
for 20% off your order and free shipping. And if you haven't already, as I said, check out sportsethos.com. That is our website. Lots of free uh, information, all of our podcasts, which are obviously free. And then some information on our subscriptions, which are very reasonably priced. And the value you get is tremendous. And if you do get in any of those, jump in our Discord. It's a great way uh, to interact. You don't even have to really chat. You can just read what everybody's saying. But, you know, you'll get um, pregame plays. You'll get in-game plays. Uh, baseball and tennis and Aussie rule football is kind of ruling the day right now. But we're starting to talk more football. There's going to be a ton of college football, a ton of NFL football, Major League Baseball right through to the end. Then obviously in the fall, we'll ramp back up with basketball and the NHL. So hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hopefully you enjoy your Monday on the board. And we will catch you tomorrow. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.